Welcome to the Quantum Love Podcast. I'm your host, Kelsey Grant. In this show, we'll be exploring all things love, relational mastery, and the initiations that that entails, and what the journey looks like and feels like when we open up and let love lead. Let's dive in. Hello, friends, and welcome back to the podcast. Today, we are going to be talking about the one who got away and why it fucks us up so much. Okay, so the first thing, I'm sure if you have been around my field for a while, especially if you've taken any classes or courses with me, you probably already know at least the first direction that we're going with this. And the first direction is running the pattern of the one who got away. So that narrative in your mind is a form of fantasy. It is a way that we can eject out of reality and kind of dabble in this fantasy world that feels a little bit more pleasurable than whatever is happening in reality. So sometimes this pattern comes up when we are down the rabbit hole of a long-term partnership or marriage. And we get to that stage of the relationship that is called the power struggle. And if you listened to my very first podcast, I'm pretty sure we did an episode on the stages of relationship or we talked about it somewhere, but I I know we definitely addressed it. And I have certainly addressed this in some of my higher level programs where we have these distinct stages in every single relationship that we are in, if we are in them long enough. And one of those stages is the power struggle. And when couples hit the power struggle, because it shatters the fantasy of the honeymoon phase, that more rich connecting, like, ooh, everything's so sweet and we get along so well and like, oh, you're just so perfect. And it kind of brings a level of that crashing down. It's not that we get rid of that altogether, but we start to introduce these other dynamics that make us more wholly human. And by holy human, I mean whole. And when we are connected to our wholeness, that means you are going to see the shadowy bits about someone. And they're going to see the shadowy bits about you. And we, it kind of first starts off with just kind of seeing each other's shadow and being like, oh, oh, that's a little crunchy. I don't know if I like that. I don't like the way that they breathe or I don't like the way that they chew. And we start focusing on these things that we were kind of immune to in the honeymoon phase because you've got all of those feel good chemicals floating through your system. And that makes it a little more difficult to see the stuff that's annoying. And also we do a better job of hiding it at first because we're like, oh, I want this person to see who I really am and see the best parts of me. So we bring our best parts forward and we don't always bring the whole of ourselves forward at the beginning because there can be, you know, many fears about rejection and like if they see who I truly am, they might not choose me. And so we don't bring a lot of that material forward at the beginning. 
So once you're kind of in the relationship, it's secure, we've got some, you know, emotional attachment that's been established, you know, you're clear on what you are and what you're not, and you've been kind of cruising through relationship land with each other for a while, then we will hit the power struggle phase. And this is where all of our undigested material, anything that's incongruent with love, will come to the surface so it can be transmuted, transformed, healed, and integrated. So this is actually a really essential part of the whole relationship journey. Because without this part, all of those shadowy bits stay locked in the shadow. And we never get a chance to really open them up and look at them and heal them and love them back into wholeness. We don't get that opportunity if it stays locked in the shadow and nothing ever really triggers us to look at that material. So the power struggle phase is where we will begin to see what is in our shadow, see what's still undigested, what's unmetabolized, what ideas, patterns, beliefs that we are running unconsciously that are incongruent with the relational dream in our heart, incongruent with love, and we will start to see all of that. And so when we hit that phase, it's pretty normal for our brains to have a strategy to not touch it. And one of the strategies that we unconsciously pull on is the idea of the one who got away. So all of a sudden, there might be someone from your past who you haven't thought of in a long time. But as soon as you hit the power struggle phase of a relationship, all of a sudden they're in your dreams and you're thinking about them all the time and you're romanticizing this connection that might have happened, you know, a couple years ago or decades ago, like who knows, maybe it was someone from, you know, elementary school when you were six years old, who knows, but you romanticize them because it's so much easier to plug into the fantasy of what that relationship could have been instead of dealing with the reality of what is in your relationship now. So this is one of the ways that we can hit this whole idea of the one who got away. Another place this will show up is if we, let's say, have had a bunch of relational experiences and it hasn't really panned out the way that we planned and we're hitting a certain timestamp in our human journey. So we're getting older and we have these ideas of things we should have accomplished or experienced or achieved by certain age timestamps. So if we're approaching a big milestone like that, it is also very common to, you know, hop into this fantasy pattern of thinking about the one who got away. Like, oh, if I had just chosen them, I would have saved myself all of this turmoil and it just would have been different for me. And everything that I had ever dreamed of would have happened and I just made the wrong choice. And then it starts this self-shaming spiral of like, if I had just chosen that person instead of the path that I did, I would be in a very different place. And while that is true, like if you had made that choice, you literally would be in a different place. You might not even be listening to this podcast right now. Um, but it doesn't mean 
that you will have magically missed all of that turbulence and turmoil. If that turbulence and turmoil occurred, there's likely some deeper alchemy that was needed. There are likely some old emotional wounds or relational wounds that needed to be addressed, and they will get addressed one way or another. And so when we plug into the one who got away and we start romanticizing this person, we get to avoid the reality that even if I had chosen different, it doesn't absolve me from having to do my relational healing and my emotional healing work. I would have met those edges just in different ways, just in different forms. They might not have happened relationally, but maybe they would have. Maybe they would have happened in that relational container. Maybe they would have happened in different types of relationships. So in friendships or family or coworkers or strangers even. Um, Or maybe it happens in a different area of life where you get to meet and alchemize those edges. So we never get to escape this, even though... Our minds sometimes like to convince us otherwise. We have this idea that somewhere there is this fantasy land where everything just works out perfectly. There's never any turmoil and like we're living in happy ever after land. Now, I am one for a good archetypal story. I love fairy tales for that reason. They are beautiful roadmaps for archetypal journeys. They're not meant to be taken literally. But if we don't have proper guidance to understand and unwind those stories and really get to the gold that's in the heart of those stories, then we might interpret them literally. And when we interpret them literally, there is a part in our brain that's like, but somewhere there is, you know, my Prince Charming or my Princess Charming or my Person Charming, and they're just going to come and rescue me from myself so that I don't ever have to go through the transformational journey, the alchemization of, you know, going from infancy, childhood into adulthood, I get to skip that initiation because they're going to come and rescue me from it. And then we're just going to live happily ever after. And so we have these wild ideas sometimes that we pick up along the way. And if we're never really questioning the validity of our thoughts, uh, we can get really turned around, especially by something like the one who got away. It can literally torment us. And I'm not really keen on you tormenting yourself. Uh, The codes of quantum love, you know, don't require you to torment yourself. But they do require you to meet yourself. They do require you to feel yourself and to feel your way through your human experience. And so a lot of the time when we are popping off into any fantasy pattern, this is just one of many, it's a way to avoid feeling what there is to feel. And if we feel what there is to feel, then that means we have to acknowledge what's happening in reality. And the reality might be that you are in a relationship that is a little bit dead energetically. 
it's dead emotionally and you feel like you are dying, that the life force is being sucked out of you. And there's something deeper in you that wants to come alive, that wants to be fully alive in your relationship. And the way that the relationship is currently constructed is not allowing for that full expression. Because in order to create a relationship where two people are feeling fully alive, that needs to be a relationship where both people are feeling fully and they have a healthy relationship with their own emotional interior. They don't emotionally vomit on each other and puke all of their stuff onto the other person for the other person to digest and deal with. Um, But they're able to feel their feelings fully in a really respectful and responsible way and then bring what they find through and reveal that to their person so that whatever gold we find through that alchemization process, um, we are able to weave it into the tapestry of our relationship. Like this is the thing that really matters to me. And, you know, being in a healthy relationship requires two people who care about what matters to one another. And if you don't care about what matters to your partner, there's a really good chance that there's someone who can love them better. And if your partner doesn't care about what matters to you, chances are there's someone out there who can love you better. And I know that that is a really tough pill to swallow. And there's a lot of emotional coddling that's happening in the world and on the internet these days where we talk around the truth. And like I said in the very first intro episode, you can't have love without truth and you can't have truth without love and and have it go well. And so, you know, sometimes we have to bring forward these things that are hard to hear, but are necessary to hear so that we can start looking at what we need to look at. Because if we are able to make peace with reality, and by peace with reality, I just mean we acknowledge this is actually what's happening here. And it sucks, it's painful, or it's great and it's wonderful, but we're able to just touch the thread of reality. Like what is so, what is happening in my relationship, in my life? Let me take inventory here because if I don't, I run the risk of picking up any of these fantasy patterns that will take me out of reality and that takes me out of the access that I will have to transform my relationship and transform my life in a way that really serves the truth of love that lives within me. And so we can see why this is a really important thing. And, you know, I don't want to make it sound like we should somehow just eradicate this whole principle of the one who got away. I think these things exist because they can be in service to our growth and our development and and our integration if we're willing to look at them a little bit differently. So, you know, I have, I probably have many, (laughs) of these stories. Um, I know that there's, this story has definitely showed up, you know, a couple times in my life and it tends to show up when I'm relationally stressed. So I used to, I was in a relationship, uh, probably about 
six or seven years ago where there was a lot of emotional turmoil in that relationship. There's a lot of shit that was happening there. And one day I'll probably talk about it here. But for now, like we'll just paint the picture that it was not great, let's say. And every time we would go into these power struggles with each other, we would go into these really gritty places, I would pop off and I would start fantasizing about a person that I had met, you know, a couple years before I was in this relationship. And I had this idea that if I had just chosen him, my life would be totally different, which it would have, it really would have. But I also would have missed all of the experiences that I had that led me up to that point in time, which were so healing and so rich and exactly what I needed. And so I I noticed this pattern in my relationship and I brought it forward and I brought it forward and I said, you know, when, when we fight, when things get really crunchy between us, I have this pattern of going off and fantasizing that if I just chosen this other person, that things would be so much smoother. And I'm outing myself here so that I hold myself to a higher level of accountability because I know every single time that I do that and I step out of the relationship, even if it's just mentally, emotionally, and energetically, um, that's not actually bringing what this relationship needs in order to heal and turn around. So my commitment going forward is I'm, I'm just not going to let myself do that. And instead, I'm going to feel the feelings that are there. And I'm going to bring forward what I actually need. And we'll give that a go. And, you know, that was a really important relational step for me to be able to out that pattern from a place of approval of myself. If I wasn't in approval of myself and I was holding a judgment of like, see, I'm so bad, I'm so wrong, like what a piece of shit I am, I would never have been able to bring that forward. But because by that time there was a solid enough foundation of self-acceptance and self-love and self-awareness that I could bring it forward knowing that this is just a pattern that's happening inside of me and there's a reason why it's happening. And if we look at the reason, so the context of why it's happening, and we don't get so caught up on the content, but we drop down into the context, like the deeper, richer reason why this is happening, we get a nice blueprint into what is required to go forward in a way that would really serve love. And, you know, this is you know, the path of relational mastery is to be able to build that level of self-awareness, that level of truth telling within ourselves. So if we can't even tell the truth to ourselves that, Ooh, I'm literally running a pattern of the one who got away. What is this helping me to avoid? What do I not get to deal with? What do I, I don't have to deal with when I run this pattern. What do I get to avoid? What do I not, don't have to feel? Like, what do I not have to look at? There's always a secondary payoff. There's a secondary gain. Whenever we are running any type of pattern, there's always something that we gain from that, that we are getting from that. Otherwise, we wouldn't do it. 
And so in those instances, what I was getting was relief from the tension of reality. That's what I was getting. And instead of, you know, finding other more constructive ways to find relief and to find resolution, this was the easier way out. And so that's one of the ways that it has shown up for me. There's also this other person who pops up in my dreams quite frequently, at least lately. And I, I was really sitting with it yesterday because he showed up in my dream again. And I'm like, what is it about this guy? And I'm like, because the second he shows up in my dream, I wake up with this idea that if I had just chosen him, my life would be totally different. And and again, it would be, but totally different in the sense of like, I would have saved myself all of the relational turmoil. It's quite comical to be able to see it play out. And so I really sat with it because this is a very different situation. It was someone that I was friends with that I knew from elementary, middle school, high school, and we were never romantically involved. But there was this turning point in our relationship where, you know, for the longest time, a lot of people around me would be like, he's really into you. He's really into you. I'm like, nah, 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 I'm, I'm not into it. And then something shifted in me one day. This was in 11th grade. And I was like, oh my gosh, I think I actually really like him. I got to tell him. And so we made plans for us to have lunch together that day. And we were sitting out in the football field under this tree. And I was like, okay, I'm going to be brave. I'm going to tell him the thing. Uh, it's taken me a long time to arrive here. Like we've known each other 11 years at this point, And I'm finally just going to say it. And he's like, I have something to tell you. I was like, oh, maybe he's into me too. And he's like, I just started dating this other girl this weekend and I really like her and it's like the you know stereotypical movie scenario where you're about to truth tell and then they say something and it alters the truth that you tell so instead of just bringing the truth forward still after that um what I did was in my mind was like, oh, well, he's with someone that he really is into. I don't want to interfere in that. And I don't regret that choice because that was true for me at the time as well. But in order to really be in right relationship with me, I would have also had to out that the thing that I wanted to tell you was that I really like you and I wanted to go on a date with you and I totally respect where you're at and that you found this person. And now that I've spoken this truth, it doesn't have to be weird between the two of us. Like I can actually be your friend and support you. Um, and so that didn't happen. What happened was he told me he was dating this girl and I was like, oh, okay. He's like, what do you want to talk about? I'm like, oh, nothing. <laughs> you know, Typical, typical. We see this play out in movies and TV all the time. And because in that moment, I didn't choose to tell the truth. 
It literally has been haunting me since 11th grade. And by haunting, I'm being a little dramatic because it doesn't actually haunt me. But it does come up in my dreams sometimes. And it took me, gosh, it's been like 20 some years since I graduated. So it's it's been a while. It's been at least two decades where this has been rumbling around inside of me. And it took two decades for me to actually be able to bring whatever it was up to the surface of my awareness and be like, oh, the thing that love wanted me to know about that situation and why I haven't been able to really let it go was the importance of speaking truth when it comes from your heart. The importance of even if you're not met, even if you're not mutually met in your feelings, to bring that truth forward because bringing that truth forward frees you. And, you know, for 20 some years, I've been holding on to this of like, well, if I had just chosen him, you know, he was the securely attached person who was, you know, really good to me. And then, you know, I went in this direction. He even wrote in my yearbook. He's like, I hope you make better choices with the men that you date. <laughs> and I'm like, you know what? I understand why, why he might've said that. Because after all of that happened with him, I started choosing men who couldn't really meet me, where there would be a lot of turmoil that would play out in those dynamics, where I would be tormented in those dynamics. And obviously, as my friend, he could see that pattern and he didn't want me to suffer. To me, like that's really all that meant. And, you know, it also is this imprint of, wow, you really chose the hard road, didn't you? And, you know, there can be this place where we go inside of ourselves where we want to make ourselves wrong for the path that we walked. And, you know, there's been a lot of work that I've done in the last, you know, two decades of really getting into right relationship with the choices that I've made. And that means accepting consequences where consequences show up. That means, you know, just embracing the path as it's been. So I'm not in resistance to my life, not in resistance to the choices that I've made. Because if I honestly look back on every relational choice that I've had, each one of them, like through the dynamics of that relationship, guided me home to a part of myself. So all of those relational dynamics were necessary for me to meet myself fully, which is obviously what my soul had signed up for. My soul was like, listen, lady, (laughs) you're going to go down to earth this time and you are going to practice relational mastery. Which means for the first portion of your life, you are royally going to fuck this up. It is going to be messy. You're, you're going to be tormented. There's going to be a lot of shit that hits the fan. And ultimately, it's going to bring you into this healing journey. This path where you learn how to accept yourself. You learn how to love yourself. You learn how to 
be in right relationship with reality. You learn how to cultivate belonging from the inside out. You learn how to cultivate belonging relationally as well, uh, along with every other skill that I've had to pick up and develop along the way. You know, the more practical skills like communication and skills around feeling my feelings and releasing what is there to release, allowing other people to support me, being seen in my vulnerability, all of that. It, like it's so rich when I really look at it. And all of that potentially could have been missed by making a different choice. Most likely, I would have learned all of that in a different way. But I look back on my life now, I'm like, gosh, I am really happy that it happened the way that it did. I got to meet some really cool fucking people. I got to love a lot of wonderful people. And the relationships where it wasn't so great, there was some deep spiritual alchemy that I was being initiated into. There were deep wounds in my family system that I don't know that I could have activated or accessed without the turmoil of a romantic relationship. Now that's just my pathway. Like that's how I've gone into it. And the people who work with me are often following a very similar trajectory. It doesn't mean if it doesn't happen that way for you, that there's something wrong with you. It just means that you have a different path. And the people who tend to come into my vortex and especially doing the deeper alchemical relational work are the ones where there has been a bit of fumbling in the relational world where things haven't really gone according to plan. Like they have this dream in their heart and they're like, oh, I really want love <laughs> and I, I really want to be mutually met in my relationships and I just haven't like it keeps flopping and and so when we have these you know desires and dreams that don't match reality to hold that can be really dense it can be really hard on the nervous system and it's hard to hold nuance like that it's hard to hold paradox like that when our nervous system is fried and so part of the healing journey is learning how to get back in the body. This is why you will hear me talk about embodiment all the time. This is why I have an embodiment alchemical practice that is woven into every single container that I teach now. Because without getting into the body, it is very hard to get into right relationship with reality. Because all of that wounding, all of that trauma that you may have experienced is stored in your body. And if we don't get in and work with the body, well, then we only have so much range. We only have so much capacity. And when our capacity is really low, then it's really hard to deal with conflict. It's really hard to deal with discord. It's really hard to deal with difference. It's really hard to deal with disappointment or rejection because we literally don't have the bandwidth for it. And if we don't have the bandwidth for it, it is our responsibility to get into the body, to work with, to alchemize, to meet, to hold, to love those parts back into wholeness so that we free up more energy 
in the body. We free up more channels of movement in the body so that we have more capacity to sit with nuance. When we have the capacity to sit with nuance, we can start to see like, oh, yep, I see how that connects to that and that connects to that and this connects to that. And we can, we can see the, the web that we have generated or the tapestry, depending if you're, if you're into spiders like I am now. I wasn't always into spiders, but I just think they're so majestic. And if that bothers you, think of a tapestry you know, that's really intricately woven and there's beautiful patterns everywhere. And when you look at it, you're mesmerized, you're in awe. Your life is that tapestry. Your life is that web that is awe invoking. But in order to see that, we have to be anchored in reality. We have to be anchored in reality and open in our hearts and open in our minds and being able to look at the, you know, reality of our life and our relationships and start to explore the underpinnings, the, the ripples that are rippling underneath our conscious awareness. So when we look at these fantasy patterns, specifically the one who got away, you know, we can distill it down. And it can support us in not only activating certain skill sets or ways of being that love is requiring from us. So for me with, you know, the guy from elementary school and 11th grade, um, the invitation there is to bring truth forward, even if you know you're going to get rejected, (laughs) even if, you know, they don't feel the same way. But don't do that disservice to yourself of withholding the truth because it only torments you. It doesn't benefit anybody when you withhold your truth. When you withhold what's true and alive within you, and this is not a free pass to go out and be verbally abusive. That is not what what's true and alive means. That is a distortion of what is true and alive. That is unalchemized and unprocessed pain. It's not what's true. What's true is the part that's behind that undigested pain, that undigested emotional debris. It's the thing that sits behind it. That once you clear that energy, you can access it. And what's true is not ever really going to harm another person or another thing. It may not be what they want to hear, but it doesn't harm them. And so we really, again, we have to be so meticulous and honest with ourselves because sometimes we can hear these personal development concepts and be like, oh, great, this is my permission slip to be an asshole. And I'm just truth telling. I'm just telling my truth. That's not truth. If there's any degree of gripping in the body, we are not quite in right relationship with truth, but we won't know there's gripping in the body if we haven't done any embodiment work to get into relationship with the body. So we won't be able to feel that. And it can be such a like small distinction in the body. It might be like this tight gripping, but like 
you, you, you would barely know it's there unless you were really in your body. You're present with what's going on in your body. Do I feel like this tightening or gripping in my solar plexus or like in my hips or in my root? Like, am I feeling that gripping? Am I grinding my jaw or my teeth? Like if there's any degree of that uh, gripping, like sucking up energy or sucking in energy, we are not in relationship with truth in that moment. So what we want to do is we want to work an alchemical embodiment process to kind of clear whatever, whatever is in the way of you opening to truth because truth is very opening. So anytime we're offloading onto someone, we're not open. We're, we're actually gripped. We're closed. And we're spewing this material that we, we can't hold anymore. And we're literally puking it onto someone else. And not cute. Does a lot of relational damage that you have to go and repair and restore and make amends afterwards. So the more we get into those embodiment practices and learn like, ooh, what are the signals of my body? And you've cleared out some of the the big waves of emotion that you've been holding onto that, you know, maybe the world told you it wasn't appropriate or you weren't allowed to express certain emotions. So you don't, but then they just get plugged up in your body. And the more you've got this emotional constipation, the more likely you are going to be to pop off into a fantasy pattern. And this might be one of your fantasy patterns, the one who got away. Let me just like go off into that idea of like, he's the, he's the one that got away. She's the one that got away. They're the one that got away. And then I don't have to be with this really uncomfortable sensation or feeling in my body right now. Because if I let myself go there, I don't know what might happen. So I got to shut it all down. And so when we really start to take apart this pattern, you know, what we can start to see is that, you know, if we have this fantasy of it would have been better with them, they're the one that got away, write that fantasy down. Literally take out a pen and a piece of paper and write out the story that you think would have been if you had chosen that person. How would that relationship be? Because that actually holds a lot of information about what the relational dream in your heart actually is. So we want to get that out on paper and we kind of have to depersonalize it a little bit. Like it's not actually about that person. It's about what that person is reminding you that you desire. It's reminding you of what makes you come alive. It's reminding you of the things that you may have ignored or not prioritized or just not allowed yourself to experience. There's a lot of that that we do in order to be quote unquote good people. We shut down the things that bring us truly to life because we want other people's approval more than we want to be in right relationship with ourselves and our soul. I know humans are weird. We do weird things, don't we? So when you get that story out on paper, then we start to look at, well, what are the themes that are showing up here? 
these are the themes that are really important to me. So maybe these are the values. Um, maybe these are the experiences. These are the feelings that I want to be having. And I'm not currently experiencing them. So this is where we have to bring the fantasy and we need to bring it down to reality. So this is what my heart desires. And this is what's happening in reality. What's the bridge? What's the bridge between reality and the thing I truly desire? How do I bring more of what I truly desire into reality? Hint, it's going to have something to do with truth. There is going to be quite a bit of truth telling that will happen. You with you first, but then you with your significant other. And, you know, really sitting down and mean like, we aren't happy, are we? You know, I can see these things, these patterns that we're running. And it, I'm not happy. I don't think you're happy. I'm committed to being happy and feeling fully alive. I want to really be able to, you know, give it a, a good go with you. Are you in? Do you want to give that a go with me too? Like we're really stuck right now. We're stuck in this power struggle. And I really would like us to move into the phase, which the phase after the power struggle is what's called mature love. And so we only get to mature love, which is the stuff that kind of romance movies are built on. You know, the happy ending is the mature love, but you don't get the mature love without going through the alchemization process, the initiatory process of the power struggle. The power struggle is your initiation into mature love. The problem is, is most people don't realize it's an initiation and they fight it, they resist it. And when they fight it and resist it, one of the ways that we can kind of get through it is by shutting down, numbing out, turning away, not investing into our relationship. And then we never get to the gold of mature love that thing that is also connected to the relational dream in our heart. And so we have to go through this alchemical process where all the stuff that lives in us that is incongruent with love can come to the surface to be cleared. And some of it will come to the surface like it did for me and the guy from high school. Like, that came up not because it's necessarily incongruent with love, but it came up because this is an essential piece for me to weave into the tapestry or the web of my life that will assist me in building the relational dream in my heart in all relationships that I have, not just the romantic one. And, you know, when we're able to distill it down and be like, oh, there's just a new possibility that wants to be birthed here. And people get into relationships and they kind of have this set it and forget it attitude of like all the hard work is like getting into the relationship and then we should just be able to set it and forget it and our relationship should just thrive. By the way, that is the quickest way to kill your relationship. Because a relationship is a living, breathing entity too. It needs to be fed. It needs to be nourished. It needs to be taken care of. And if it's just ignored and neglected, there's, there's not going to be much left. 
you won't have a thriving, like think of it like a garden. Like if you neglect your garden, you never water it, you, you don't even plant seeds, um, and you never water it, you don't give it proper sunlight, the conditions aren't right. You never really create the conditions for that garden to thrive. And that garden doesn't thrive. And then you're really mystified by that. Like, oh my God, I can't believe my garden didn't grow. What must be wrong with me? I must be a terrible farmer, a terrible gardener. Well, it's not that you're a terrible gardener. It's that you just didn't do the things <laughs> a thriving garden would require of you. And if we start doing the things that supports love in thriving, relationships in thriving, which, you know, that's the whole path of the work that I teach. All of it is designed to give your relationships the nourishment that they require in order to thrive. And so part of that tending to the garden of your relationship is tending to the person who is planting the seeds. Like if you, I don't know if you've ever seen those experiments where, you know, kids, you know, put some seeds in a cup and they like talk shit to the seeds and they like put them down. Those seeds never grow and they get really moldy and gross. But then they have a jar where they plant seeds and they lovingly speak to those seeds and they give them everything that they need to thrive and those seeds sprout and they thrive. You can also do this with rice. You can put rice in a dish and like talk shit to the rice, see what happens. And then another container where you infuse the rice with lots of love and powerful intention. They're completely different after a 30 day period. And, you know, the same is true about our relationships. If we're constantly talking shit about them, if we're constantly like planting all of this negativity and uh, we're, we're just in this funk about relationships, we're like, it never works out for me and everybody hates me and I, I'm just hopeless at this. Well, those are the seeds that you're planting and those conditions will sprout a very different uh, outcome than if we start planting the seeds of possibility, if we start watering and tending to them by taking care of our emotional interior, by taking care of our embodiment and our ability to be in our body and be with reality, the ability to think critically about our thoughts. Be like, is that really true? And like, does that belief really serve me? Is this thought that I'm thinking in service to love? Is the thought that I'm thinking about my partner in service to the thriving of our relational garden? And we have to, like, we have to be pretty meticulous about this. Like, it's, again, like, the set it and forget it mentality is kind of the same mentality of, like, just give me a pill to fix it. I don't want to have to do any work. Like, and if that's where someone's at, I mean their results aren't going to really take them in the territory of flourishing because they're not willing, again, to walk through the initiatory path. There's a lot of initiations that take us from, you know, inner child or adolescent into integrated adult. 
And this is a path that I teach in Initiated, the Foundations for Relational Mastery. Currently, it's just open for women, but um, down the line, I will open the container for men when there is enough interest to do so. And, you know, when we walk this path of like, these are the initiations that I have to literally go through in order to bring up everything that is incongruent with love to the surface and look at it objectively like what needs to be cleared and released what needs to be worked with like ooh, this is a skill that I need to integrate along my journey and you know what is the invitation here the invitation is at least for me was to be truthful you know even if you know, I run the risk of the other person not feeling the same way. Um, I reveal the truth of my desire. And then I let someone's free will decide what will happen there. And, you know, this isn't to say like you go and meddle in someone's relationship. That's a no-fly zone for me. Um, mate poaching, like not cute. Like, Let's just stop these types of patterns where we're meddling, interfering with someone's established relationship. Um, we're not into that. The dating phase is a bit different because the dating phase is you're not yet in a committed relationship. You're literally figuring out if you have enough alignment for a long-term relationship if you're dating for partnership. And so it's a little bit different. So if you're in the dating phase dynamic and there's something really true that wants to come through you, let it come through you. Otherwise, we kind of swallow that truth and the things that when we like withhold truth, that will take up residency in our body. It'll come out some other way to get our attention. And so, you know, when we want to walk the path of healing, both physical healing, emotional healing, relational healing. There is a lot about truth telling that has to happen, you know, and when we see this pattern of the one who got away, this kind of sweeps us up. It, what it's really doing is it's helping us to resolve something old by giving us a deeper picture of what love wants us to do. So for me, again, it was like bringing that truth forward. That's what love would have had me do in that moment. But because I was in the 11th grade, I was like 16, like still a baby. <laughs> you know? <laughs> and that's okay. It's it's okay. Like you're not meant to, you know, always get it right. Like that first third of your life is for bumbling. It's for bumbling around, making mistakes, learning through contrast, and then you know, the next stage of our life, we get a little wiser. We're like, okay, I'm going to take the lessons I learned from phase one, and I'm going to integrate them into phase two. And then so there can be a little bit more smoothness. And then phase three of your life, you're taking the lessons from phase one and phase two and integrating them and so on and so forth. And, you know, this is the path of relational mastery. This is just the path of mastery itself where we are constantly learning and we're not afraid of making mistakes. So many people are terrified of making a relational mistake that they never actually even let themselves go fully into the experience because they're so afraid of making a mistake that they don't really let themselves live. 
They don't really let themselves experience the transformative nature of love, which is the actual travesty. So when we are dealing with the one who got away, first acknowledge that this is a pattern that takes us out of reality. Okay. And let's not label that good, bad, right, wrong. Let's just label it. It's a pattern. It's what's happening. And is it really in service to love to keep running this pattern? And if you find that the answer to that is no, it's not in service to love or the relational dream in my heart, then we need to go and investigate it deeper. So what new possibility is this potentially bringing up for me? So if I'm imagining this perfect relationship with this other person, it's going to highlight to me elements that are missing from the current reality that my soul, my heart, my body want to experience. So once you know what that those things are, it's so much easier to begin to weave them in. And then we also want to look at like what is the old thing that this pattern is helping us resolve. Like, where's the golden nugget here? What is the thing that we're avoiding by running this pattern that if we were to look at could quite possibly transform our relationship, but also our lives in the most magical and extraordinary ways. So we really want to, you know, distill it down. And these, like working with these patterns and the women who are in initiated know this, like it's, it's a slow path. Like that journey, that relational container is minimum 13 months long for a reason, because this work takes time. And a lot of people, it even takes them a good amount of time before they even come into that container. They might you know, be in some of my other containers, my, my embodied alchemy container is a really good one. It's an eight week series where we really start to move with some of these concepts and we're doing physical embodiment journeys in that process. So we're actually starting to move some of that dense material so that there's more space for love to take up residency in your body. And, you know, some people like to do those for a while before they come into the the higher level program. So there's always something. And for other people, they might want to go into the quantum love membership just to stay in the field of this conversation, be in the field of the work and begin on an entry level and kind of ease their way in. Like that's totally great too. Like there's so many options to do this work. And what we, we really do have to lean into doing this work if we want the result. We don't just get the result magically by doing nothing, by being passive. We have to be willing to go in and like literally run the gauntlet. Um, in Jungian psychology, this is the process of going into the forest. The forest is the phase of transformation, great transformation, great alchemy. This is the phase where we are initiated into ourselves, where we individuate from our family of origin. We individuate from beliefs or ideas that were imposed onto us about who we are so that we can discover through the journey in the forest where it's dark, there's critters everywhere, 
we got to kind of fend for ourselves. We learn through that process how to really be there for ourselves. We learn what we need. We learn what our strengths are. We learn how to cooperate with others, either in the ecosystem of the forest or other travelers you meet along the way. Like this is such an important part of experiencing quantum love. Quantum love requires you to be an initiate of love. And to be an initiate of love, you have to be willing to go through these initiations. You have to be willing to be transformed by love. (laughs) And every time we look at a pattern through the objective lens of love and truth, we are allowing that process to happen. So every time you listen to a podcast, you are allowing that process to happen. And you might listen to this episode a hundred different times and hear a hundred different things each time because that's how this work works. (laughs) You will literally hear something different every single time because it's unwinding different aspects of you. It's unlocking other parts of you. And it's just such an enchanting process, even though it can be a little gritty sometimes. So I think that's all I want to say about that. That was a pretty decent rant. on the one who got away but I would love to hear your thoughts your takeaways let me know you can write me on Instagram at radical self love you can join the quantum love membership there's some digestion that goes on there about the podcast episodes and some classes that I teach in there and just generally the work you know, at the entry level. So you're welcome to join that for the month of March. The access to that is $22 a month. And I'll put that link in the show notes. If you are interested in the Embodied Alchemy series, the next one we are doing is the Codes of Quantum Love. So eight weeks of anchoring in a new code of quantum love each week. There are five journeys, five embodiment journeys, some coaching calls in there. It's a, it's a fun place to be. And if you'd like to come into that, I will put the link in the show notes as well. And I will also put the link for the application for initiated. And if you're just cool kicking it with the podcast, that's great too. Like there's literally space for everyone, whatever stage of the journey that you are on. Thank you, thank you, thank you for taking the time, investing your time and your energy here and for being part of this greater tapestry of love that is being woven on this planet right now. Uh, I adore you so much. And if you liked this episode, please, please, please share it on your social media. Feel free to tag me. Um, write a review on Apple Podcasts that really helps the show rank and helps the show get into the ears of the people who might really need to hear it. Um, that would be fantastic. And I will see you next week because I'm going to do four episodes back to back and then we'll switch into the every other week. So you will get another podcast episode next week. And I look forward to hearing your digestions and your takeaways and the things that really pinged you in this episode. We'll talk to you soon. Bye, friends.